Welcome to Public Safety Talk Radio, the podcast for all of our heroes of public safety, including law enforcement professionals, firefighters, EMTs, corrections officers, healthcare workers, and more. The show is produced by the POCUA and is founded upon its soundness initiative. This episode is sponsored by the finest service organization, a provider of line of duty death loan protection through many of our POCUA institutions. I am Ken Bader, your host for Public Safety Talk Radio, and I don't have just one. I have two great guests with me. I have Kim and Christina here. They are the founders of Sheepdog Resume, uh, and we definitely need that today with a lot of our officers looking for professions outside of law enforcement. Kim, Christina, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to have both of you. This is this is awesome. This is less work for me. Maybe I'll just have the two of you talk and, and ask each other questions, and I'll just go blank here. <laughs> that, that works. works. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's not a problem at all. You even agreed. So, you know, the, the first thing that intrigued me uh, in looking at and researching Sheepdog Resume is that it's a business that's founded by a blue family, you know, for the blue family. So, so tell us more about your blue family, because that's important to us here at Public Safety Talk Radio. Well, thank you. Uh, we are both from blue family. Um, I am a retired Washington State Patrol Sergeant. I did uh, over 25 years with the agency, and now I work um, for another state agency doing almost the exact same type of work. So you're not really retired. You're, you just, no. just, you just went from one 25-year career to another one. God bless you. All right. Unfortunately, uh, without having the health care coverage when I retire, there's still a big chunk of my pension check that would come out to cover the health care for my family. Uh, so, um, yes, we have to, we pretty much have to have a second career. So we're kind of what we call the gap retirees, where you've retired from one profession, need the health care until Medicare, um, picks up and we go do other fun things with our with our lives. Um, also, I have several members of my family that were law enforcement uh, that predated me and a couple that are current in law enforcement across the country. Um, I won't uh, throw them under the bus and give them a big shout out right now, but they know, they know who they are. Um, I'm very proud of one of them. He's a uh, he's uh, just one of them. He said, no, but this one's a chief, so he's... Okay, so he deserves the, the pride yeah, he and not so much some extra everybody shout else outs. got it, okay. And, uh, <laughs> and then um, Christina and I have, uh, we're actually married, we're, we've been together 22 years, and she comes from a police family as well, so we, we both bring the blue family, and um, this, is, this is our pay it forward. We've been extremely blessed, um, and... It's, it's our opportunity to really help others discover what's on the other side of your career, whether it's at the end of 25 years or somewhere in the middle and you just need to get out or what have you. Got it. So that, so, that's my blue side. Well, now I got to ask, after the two of you have been married for 22 years, you have to be in separate rooms in order to do an interview? <laughs> that, that, that actually is starting to worry me a little bit and scare me. This, this interview may go off the rails real quick. No, it's actually better this way because we tend to talk over each other because we're so excited about this that we have to be separated so we can kind of key up each other during the interview. Got it. Got it. And plus, it helps me out. If one of you says something that I don't like, I could just mute one of you and talk to the other one. So that's perfect. There you go. 
Went with that, you know, after after all that fun stuff, Christina, tell us about your blue family. <laughs> well, um, being part of the Washington State Patrol family for 22 years, um, I'm not an officer. Uh, Kim is the bring an interesting perspective as the spouse of an officer. So I do know what it's like um, to get that call at, at uh, all hours and uh, I even get emotional thinking about it because I did get a call once that there was a shooting and Kim has been uh, shot at several times, but never shot, which as any spouse or family member would say is the most wonderful thing you can say and be grateful for. Um, so that was a part of Sheepdog because it is, as Kim mentioned, and we'll talk on more um, in this interview, it's our way of giving back or helping, assisting. Helping isn't the right word. Assisting with our experience and knowledge. So we both have, obviously, uh, the blue blood in us. Um, and literally, I do. My, I come from Chicago. Um, and uh, I come from a police family in Chicago as well. And uh, my aunt and uncle were officers. And my uncle had actually uh, passed away on the job. He wasn't shot, but he was uh, in, on duty when he passed away. And so there, my other, my aunt is retired, Chicago police. So um, I have a real uh, passion for Chicago anyway, born and raised there. And uh, a bunch of friends grew up to be officers from my neighborhood on the South side. So that's my blue family. And I'm uh, super humble and very grateful to be a part of it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I actually, not only law enforcement is, is got a special place in my heart, but so does the, the city of Chicago. I was born and raised there and, oh, and, yeah. and yeah, I lived, I lived there for nearly 40 years uh, and uh, I'm only 25. So figure that out. That, that math is sounds like Chicago math. <laughs> yeah, hey, it, work, it works for me. And, and given the fact that you're from the South Side, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're a Sox fan. I am. I am a Thank Sox you. fan. Okay, you can stay on the show Thank now. You. I hate the Cubs. <laughs> <laughs> Literally grew up uh, in the backyard of White Sox Park. Um, it's always going to be Comiskey Park. I'm, you know, two blocks away. Fireworks every home run, they shoot a thing, you know, and uh, fireworks every Friday and uh, the head groundskeeper, Roger Bossard, is a family member. Oh, so the sad nice, father, yeah. as you know, he's a, a cousin of mine. So um, Chicago's, I love being where we live here in the Pacific Northwest. Absolutely. Been out here 22 years. Mm -hmm. But I'm a, I'm a Southside girl. Always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Awesome. Kim will attest to that. Every once yeah. in a while, the Southside comes out of me. <laughs> and, uh, and so does my accent. Uh, so she will tell you that uh, I am definitely a Southside girl. Uh, True and true. <laughs> Good true for you. True. Good for you. I won't. I won't ask you about my favorite place near Comiskey Park, which is on Thirty Second and Normal, called First Base. But anyhow, yeah, uh, <laughs> we walked past there many times. Yes, I'm, uh, any Sox fan, any good Sox fan will remember First Base. Um, in fact, you know, I think I'm going to send them this episode and ask for some type of royalty or sponsorship. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if I actually get that. But getting back to the the great work that you're doing and, and your expertise uh we we do have a lot of police officers that are, are leaving the job for a number of different reasons um and are going into to some type of private sector going into business going into to, to working uh a, a different job per se 
and, and I know that their their resume needs to translate all of their great skills yeah, from a police language to a business language, and that's not always the easiest thing. Can, can you tell us about what that process looks like? Uh, yeah, I, so... Kim, do you want to go ahead? <laughs> you go ahead. I told you this was going to happen. Go ahead. Yeah, so what happens is, um, and I actually did that. So when I first retired, I went to Bank of America. I was a regional security manager, mm -hmm. and um, so I know what that, how to make that translation from the state patrol language into Bank of America corporate speak. And um, a, lot of, a lot of our own, um, we discount what, what our skill set is a lot. We minimize our skills and how we communicate with people and what types of skills we actually have. And we think we're just a, I, I hate that term. We minimize ourselves so much. I'm just a police officer, I'm just a street cop. I'm just a state trooper. Um, that that's not true. It's many facets of things that you bring to the skill set, along with all of the training that you've had and your passion and whatever you want to do. So, we start out with the conversation of exactly what have you done, mm -hmm. what do you want to do, and then I basically um, and a lot of these mostly when they're coming to us now, they're beaten down. They really are beaten down. Even the ones just with between five and 12 years, yeah. the first conversation I have with them is just trying to pump them back up because between the time they make the first call or email to us to the time we get them another job where they can leave can be months. And so we need to have them with a straight mindset so that they could go do their job safely because I need my blue family to be safe every day. Now a word from our sponsor the Police Officers Credit Union Association. Coming this October 2021 is the Public Safety Business Summit in Savannah, Georgia, a program specifically created for organizations that serve first responders. What you will experience is a high level of networking and collaboration among like-minded leaders who are in the business of serving first responders. What you won't get are a series of boring lectures with no interactivity, ridiculous golf outings that are only appealing to a few attendees, or a couple of retreaded subjects that you can hear at any credit union league event that are just thrown into the curriculum. We offer an engaging agenda where attendees even help to determine the content during the actual conference based on their unique needs. If you run a business, a credit union, or a nonprofit that specifically serves first responders, then the Public Safety Business Summit is for you. For more information, go to www.policecreditunions.com or call 331-300-9889. We hope to see you in Savannah this fall. The big thing that we do is we try to build them back up emotionally so that they're not just like, I need to desperately get out. They've got to yeah. stay focused on being safe every single day. And then we work with them on what have they done? What is their training and experience? Because every single agency comes from somebody different. And we work from the smallest police departments up through the federal system. And so I know a lot of that, but some of that stuff they need to talk me through. And then what I do is Christine and I talk about it after that. She will then basically have a dialogue with them again so that she can put that into her public relations speak and then we end up getting them an absolutely finished product. And yesterday she finished two of them and the people were like, 
oh my god i cannot believe this is me this this is not me the first line is me it's my name and my phone number but i can't believe this is what i've done because for so many years you're told that you know you're just a street cop you're just a detective go out do your job and you really start to just silo your whole your whole self and so we spend a lot of time doing a lot of communication with them before we get to the resume part um um yeah it's it's a sad world right now for them. I left, I, I retired um, over seven years ago and the, the climate is just incredibly difficult. And, um, and we really do help them every day, try to, try to find out where they go. The one thing that we're not though is a job placement agency. We're not a headhunter. We build your resume, we help you. We do a bunch of other things I'm sure we'll talk about later, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's a tough place to be right now because not all, you know, less than half the country apparently likes us. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think there's probably a little bit more of the silent majority, at least I would hope that would be the case. Um, and you only think we're going to be talking about more things. I'm going to wrap up the interview right now. Christina, take over, take over the show. You know, I, I will, before, before, before I, I give it over to Christina, yeah, I unfortunately, not being in law enforcement myself, but being a civilian that staunchly supports law enforcement, the, the last seven years in particular um, have, have seemingly been very difficult. Uh, but fortunately, yeah, and I, I know this from a number of my guests lately from Public Safety Talk Radio, uh, there is hope out there. there. There isn't just this blind defund or defend there there is some some real concrete actions being taken to develop so um for those for those folks that are on the fence you know certainly if you need another job talk to these two ladies but if you're on the fence you know you hold on and and keep doing that job exactly the way you're doing it for now because i i do think helps on the way um with that please christina you were going to say something and and I, and I interrupted you as as the host that i am so please go ahead i, I understand <laughs> um i would like to back kim is right what really gets under us is every officer I've ever talked to, and we've been doing this a long time, and I'll explain the background, always says, I'm just a, even if they're a captain or a chief, I'm just a. And it's the mindset um, of them saying, it's been beaten into us, or I'm worthwhile when I'm working, but I don't know how I translate into the real, the real world. Um, let me back this up a minute as to even how we came into existence and why why we're different than what uh, someone else who would write a resume. And Kim touched on that a little bit. Um, we, we don't just write a resume. We, it sounds cheesy, but we truly care because this is our family and that's how we feel. Um, I come from a background in news. Uh, I was very fortunate to make my way in broadcast news and end up in Chicago, at the CBS station in Chicago as a producer. And um, from there, I, I after being completely consumed with ambition to get through the small markets and back to my hometown, I didn't realize that my heart didn't have what it takes to keep covering all the tragic stories. So while I was still with CBS, I would get often asked, how do I get from people? How do I get my company in the media? Or do a story on me. There's always those people. And I'd yeah. say, it doesn't work that way, but I can teach you how to make yourself media worthy. And that a light bulb went off and then that started a media and a marketing company. 
named Adler Brakely. Um, so I was able to, I had to transition on a news for my own heart. I couldn't do it. And I know officers, there are many that feel the same way because they can't turn off what they bring home. Kim still has thoughts and ideas about things that she has seen and done. I know you do, Kim, that she has to push out. I was in news for 12 years. It's not a lifetime, uh, but it's still, I still have those ideas. I still have news nightmares, to be honest with you, of being in the newsroom and on deadline and all the stories. So I founded Adler Brinkley and that went into telling business and executive and nonprofit and stories in the business world. Um, when in the mid 2000s, early 2000s, there was a lot of money with uh, IT and tech blowing up and a lot of branding stories needed to be told. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, that turned into more of a crisis management. So I work with a lot of, I have worked with a lot of athletes and executives who find themselves in positions where they have spoken and said things that aren't reflective. That never happens. Their brand, right. <laughs> and on a side note, honestly, it's, it's men. I don't even have one female uh, crisis client <laughs> at all. So my first Damn thing, Kim will attest to this, is don't speak. <laughs> Just stop talking. Mm -hmm. um, so at that point, we had uh, a young son, and I decided I did not want to travel like I was traveling with clients. I had a place in Dallas and a place in Chicago, clients here in Seattle, and it was very busy. And so I sold it off, whittled it down, focused only on crisis clients that um, didn't do bad things, but did said and did stupid things. <laughs> so at this time, because I've now- ne I've, never, I've never been there, but yes, right, I'm sure I, I, can't, I can't relate, but continue. Absolutely not. <laughs> so at this time, now I know how to tell tragic stories, right? I know how to tell business stories, how to tell narratives. And I always tell people, you tell the truth, period. But it has to be managed. And that's every, anything in PR and media and you see on TV is managed. I have a really good heart and a real strong integrity level. So I tell the truth and I have them tell the truth and there are rules that you follow. If you can't follow those, then I'm not the one to tell your story. Same rules applies to Sheepdog. So about 10 years ago, uh, Kim would come to me and say, hey, uh, you know, all our friends know what I do, and this is my one superpower. I know how to tell a narrative and how to write. And so she would say, um, would you do a resume for my friend? You know, they're leaving patrol. They want a promo or something. And I'd say, sure. And then that kind of built through the years. And then about, you know, four or five years ago, it turned into, hey, this guy's third cousin in Iowa really wants a <laughs> job at Amazon. Could you help him? You know, he's somebody's friend of a friend of a cousin. And I thought, oh, wow, no, firstly. <laughs> and like, let's, let's take a look at this, Kim. There's a, there's a niche market here and there's a need. And uh, that's how Sheepdog really took off. So we've been doing it for 10 years, but in the past, most especially 36 months or so, it's been insane. Um, yeah. Which is sad to me in a sense and not because not all officers are retiring in the last 18 months or so they're leaving yeah and instead of being able to just say here i'll write your resume and you go it, it that doesn't work that way we literally spend time with you talk about your family talk about your goals for your future 
Um, it all comes out in resume documents and a cover letter and a LinkedIn. But when you come to us first and you leave, you are hopeful. And that's not what we get when we get those first calls. So while it says sheepdog resume, it's, it's more of a, a warm blanket. Now a word from one of the POCUA's proud business partners, OfficerPrivacy.com. OfficerPrivacy.com was founded by Pete James, a law enforcement professional with over 25 years of experience. Pete wanted to find a way to help law enforcement officers protect themselves and their families. So he formed a team to create a way to quickly identify and remove their information from certain sites. OfficerPrivacy.com is the result. This service is already offered through a select few of our POCUA organizations. As a listener of Public Safety Talk Radio, you can take advantage of a special offer from OfficerPrivacy.com. Go to OfficerPrivacy.com slash POCUA, and when you sign up, you'll get two additional bonuses. In addition to removing your personal information from the top 30 people search sites, they will give you your first two months of monitoring free. This is a value of $39.98. In addition to that, you'll receive a cell phone privacy device, a $19.99 value. This prevents data from leaving your cell phone when you use public charging stations and is a must when traveling. So go to officerprivacy.com slash POCUA today to take advantage of this offer and to protect your privacy. Organizations who are members of the POCUA and are interested in offering the service directly to their members, contact us at POCUA at btcinc.org. It almost sounds like you're more a career counselor that does resumes than just simply a resume service. Yeah, you know, and again, Kim nailed it. We, we don't find you the jobs. We'll help you search because I know the field, right? We, and Kim knows everybody. I call her the mayor, right, Kim? She's literally the mayor. <laughs> I do all the hard work. She's the mayor. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> am I, am I going to, you know, fortunately, I don't have to separate you. You did that. You wisely did that yourself. <laughs> well, I do the work, but she's, she, she speaks a language. And together, it's a, we found early on, that's a really powerful, strong team friendship that we have with them i not one officer that we've worked with hundreds honestly have ever left and not come back and said you know wow you you help you help me see less desperately and that means the world to us yeah well not only that but we know um depending on how long you've been on and depending on what your your pension system is in your agency, your city, county, state, fed agency, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. And I know that people, law enforcement likes to leave, um, you know, they, they have this knee jerk reaction that I got a call the other day from a guy that said, I got to go get me out. Right. He is done. And I'm like, okay, stand by. (laughs) These are the things you need to think about. Yes. Right now you're really mad, but you know, you have six more months until you're vested right? He's a four and a half year guy. He's done. I'm like, no, put your head down. Let's do this. And then, so we kind of try to get them to see about six or eight months down the road, what might be a change because 
everybody's world is different four months from now. It's still yeah. COVID. Everybody's basically just wants to go out and, and blossom like spring right now. And we're still under all these different things that are happening, um, whether it's in law enforcement or just the world in general. And so we try to get them to take a big deep breath and just look at what they're leaving on the table. Man, if you have a chance to get vested in your pension, it, it doesn't come until you're 62, 65, but at least it's several hundred dollars a month for you later on. Yeah. Don't, don't blow that for your family. And you need to think about that. And then, and again, it's also just talking them through um, who they are, where they've been with training. And then a lot of them, some of the guys have, guys and gals, um, have these grandiose ideas of what corporate America is and how corporate uh -huh. America makes. <laughs> Not everybody at Amazon makes $300,000 a year doing any job. And it's not easy to get in there. And I, and uh, big uh, kudos to Christina. She has figured out how to write the resume and to get through those first few. Most people don't realize that these large companies, uh, which are all located right here in the Pacific Northwest, have algorithms basically for the first couple series of supposed you know interview processes that that gets you to a live person, like step three or four. Mm -hmm. And so we have been able to. Um, do a really good job of tailoring these resumes to get these guys interviews. And then our clients are then, we work with them and we put them through a mock oral board and we spend time with them if they want that. It's something that we offer because a lot of us have not been asked these questions before by either another state agency or by the federal government. And there's a lot of things, um, you know, I call them verbal landmines that you need to stay away from. You know, in state government, there's always a diversity question now. So you've got to be able to think on your feet about what type of diversity, how are you going to come across in that interview? Mm -hmm. And how do you sit? You don't, you know, you don't want to be sitting like this or, you know, all lounged out like, you know, you do at home. And they haven't been through an interview like that, especially because they're always wearing their uniform when they interview. And so the vest makes you stand straight or sit straight anyway. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of little things that we take the time to really walk them through and uh we've had we've had people text us pictures of their ties and say is this suit work you know i don't even own a suit i'm doing sweats i do sweatpants jeans and my uniform i don't even know what to do so go rent one here's a couple tie options and we we literally get that granule with them because it's that important to us that they be that successful and that they show their best selves and not the the old salty cops that you know, that basically leave my career and go die five years later because their whole identity is that they're only yeah. a police officer because that's, that's what they've been told for so long. And so we, we really, it is literally um, become part of my family. And yeah. a lot of them I don't know, we get them from across the country, but they are by the time they go. Yeah, as as somebody that did time in corporate America, uh, and I use that phrase deliberately, um, you could tell your police officer friends that except for the fact that somebody probably won't be shooting at you, it ain't that much better. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the bullshit quotient isn't exactly that much lower, if at all, depending on where you work. Uh, yep. But yeah, as I heard you talking, uh, the, a very important question came in my head, Kim, which, which is how many, you know, don't be a wuss, work six more months conversations do you have? <laughs> I worded a little bit better than that. 
Because I um, can see, what are you thinking? <laughs> it's said a little bit more delicately. I'm not normally known for my delicate speak, but when I'm trying no. to, I'm trying to, I know. I'm trying to take off the news, news flash, Christina, you did the news. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking news. <laughs> forward and confident. Shocking. Um, we, I probably have to do maybe a couple a month, actually, not that many that are, um, that are that young and just haven't thought ahead. Some of them come to us fully prepared. Okay, I can retire in nine months, according to my app. And, you know, I want to do this. So they, they kind of know what they're talking about. And then in that time, what I'll do is I'll tell them, hey, let's take some days of leave that you have. And you'd be amazed some of the trainings that you can get. Now it's virtual, but still it's on your resume. Get the most current cell phone um, data anal analyzing uh, technology training that you can get on your resume. So if, if you have old stale stuff on your resume because you've just put your head down and not done a lot, then get on some of these uh, training sites that I, that I do quite frequently for my, my current job is still financial investigations. And that's where the world's going is technology and finances and some, you know, different kinds of things with surveillance and everything that they're, they're already used to doing and just say, freshen your, freshen your, um, your resume up a little bit and come back to me after you're, you know, after you've had a chance to calm down talk to your spouse. And what's funny is some of these guys will come to us and their spouses say, no, and they, they reach out to us first and their spouse is like, oh, I don't think so. No, no. We have, we have this great pension. We've got this great thing going. So there's, you know, there's different conversations that need to be had, but we, we do a good job, I think, of just emboldening them to think outside of the next couple shifts that they have to work and how, how bad it is right now for them. And then, you know, it's most of the time in June or July is when agencies get, um, is the state legislatures will get done. They might be getting a pay raise or something to help their pension even more. So we try, you know, we try to help them think a little bit longer. Um, but some are just really done. Some yeah. have been through critical incidences, um, you know, very similar to what I have a number of times around a critical incident peer support person for the state patrol as a founding member of that. Mm -hmm. So I understand from their perspective there, if they've been through something like that, that they just need to go for their own sanity and their spouse's sanity, what yeah. they need to do. So, yeah. Is, do, are you seeing any trends of, when when those officers are done um whether it is truly le legitimate because of critical incidents or mental health physical health what have you um or they're just spent <laughs> and I'll, i'm i'm done done um are there particular professions that they're looking for looking at like a uh, rocket scientist you know baseball player rock star that type of thing Christina, go ahead. Thank you for watching part one of Transitioning from Public Safety. Hear Christina's answer and the remainder of the interview with Chief Dog Resume next week in part two of Transitioning from Public Safety. Public Safety Talk Radio was produced by the POCUA. POCUA is a consortium of financial institutions serving law enforcement as well as other first responders and public safety professionals. To learn more about our association and to find one of our credit unions or service providers near you, 
go to www.policecreditunions.com. And always remember, if you aren't working with one of our POCUA credit unions, you're just banking with an institution that just so happens to serve first responders. As a public safety professional, you and your family deserve better. Find a POCUA credit union today. Thank you.